0: Welcome to the Cinema Man podcast. I'm your host John Murphy, and I'm joined by my co-host Matt Hurdle. Shh, not, not right now, John. Oh, I'm, I'm busy. Sorry? Listen, I've found
1: a secret cave, Ooh. and I've gone into it, and it was, it was, it was dangerous. There were a lot of like traps. There were a lot of spiders. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a I had a guy with me, but he he didn't make it. But I'm I at the know. end of the cave, and I, there's this pedestal. And on top of the pedestal, you won't believe this, John, it's it's a 4K, like pristine copy of all of the Indiana Jones movies, ex- <gasps> except the Crystal Skull. No, it's it's perfect. And all I have to do is I have to swap out this other DVD set of Sharknadoed Blu-rays with the Indiana Jones set. I think they're going to mm-hmm. weigh about the same. So here we go. There's the same number of Sharknado movies and Indiana Jones movies, right?
0: Uh, I don't know, but you're going to have to chance there it. There definitely is. All right, here we go. You ready? Huh.
1: I did it. I've got the 4K Blu-ray set in my hand, John. Wow. Wait, wait. What? Was- Oh, no. Oh, no, John. I, for- I must have forgot about one of the Sharknado movies. I gotta go. There's a giant. Ah! Oh, no. Uh, uh, yeah. eh, no, get out of here. Uh, uh, oh, no. Oh, 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 oh. I think... Uh, yes, I made it, John. I'm out of the cave. <laughs> I've dodged the traps. Uh, Good. I get, I got. gotta. I've got to look at it. I've got to open it. Yeah, we. I've it got up. to see what's inside. Are you ready? I'm gonna open yeah. it. Here we here we go.
0: It's the moment we've all been waiting for. <gasps> it's
1: it's beautiful, John. It's. Uh, oh. No. Don't,
2: ah, don't look at it. No, I can't. Look, look away. Oh, <laughs> ah,
0: Thankfully, we survived that so we can talk about the movie we're about to review tonight, which is the 1981 action adventure film Raiders of the Lost Ark. Very underrated movie starring Harrison Ford and Karen Allen, directed by Steven Spielberg. This is a spoiler podcast, so if you've never seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, I can't imagine you've never seen this movie. But anyway, pause this episode, go watch the movie and then come back. Stay tuned until the end of the episode where we reveal what our next movie will be so you can follow along with us. If you want to get in touch with us or give us your take on a movie we have reviewed, feel free to email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. If you would like to support us monetarily and have the means to do so, you can go to anchor.fm slash cinemamenpodcast slash support. We use the money to improve the quality of the podcast. So in advance, thank you very much. One more thing. We have our short form series, the Cineminis, that we release every other week when we don't release a regular Cinemamin podcast episode. These are 30 minute or less episodes where we talk about random topics and it's usually pretty fun. So check that out. Let's get started, shall we?
2: 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark. If it is there, Atlantis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I'll tell you everything. Yes,
0: I know you. Reading the plot synopsis of Raiders of the Lost Ark from IMDb.com. In 1936, archeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the US government to find the Ark of the Covenant before Adolf Hitler's Nazis can obtain its awesome powers. We've got our normal categories, plot, acting, art direction, cinematography and visual effects, Action score and then miscellaneous Matt Hurdle, having just watched this movie for the very first time, what did you think of the plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark?
1: Well, you may be taking some liberties in your assumptions there uh, as far as the very first time, maybe the hundred and first, uh, might be more accurate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, as probably many of you listening, grew up with this movie, um, I, I've seen it. Many, many times. Um, And, you know, it's going to be hard to review this one, John. Oh, it it is because it's 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 a classic film, right? You can't really debate that this is a classic film, Uh, whether Mm -hmm. you like it or not. You have to admit its influence has been felt throughout, you know, history since it's been created. Um, It's been spoofed. It's been mocked uh, it's been attempted to be brought back from the dead it's mm-hmm. uh, it's everywhere and I've, I've really I've seen this movie a lot uh, several times with you actually and um, as a result this movie it doesn't have the impact that it used to have you know what I mean um, I've seen it so many times that it's hard to watch it with any kind of a fresh perspective. And so, uh, I, I just want to kind of give that out upfront because this is, it's difficult to review it because it's so ingrained in, I guess my culture not, I mean, that's not accurate, but you know what I mean? Like in, in my psyche almost, um, it's almost like this movie is, is a part of me and has been since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, I'm not not trying to say that this is an amazing movie that, you know, it's but, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Honestly, I just you can say it's an amazing movie. Well, it is. (laughs) But I'm not saying that it's, um, you know, like I'm not saying it's a 10 or anything like that. I'm just saying Mm. looking at this movie through a critical eye is difficult for me because I've seen it so many times. And it's such a part of my life from, Mm. you know, being a young boy up until
0: now. Sure. Uh, well, <clears throat> that, that's fair enough. Um, I did want to say that there are a lot of people that may be listening to this that haven't actually seen Indiana Jones. Any of them? Um, I, More and more people, the younger you skew, the more they haven't seen these movies. Or they haven't even seen Star Wars or any of those tentpole movies that we Consider we just assume you've seen it because it's Raiders or it's Indiana Jones or it's Star Wars or it's Jurassic Park or whatever, mm-hmm. um, whatever that list of movie is, movies is. But I know a lot of people that haven't seen Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird
1: to say. Well, um, it is for our generation. But you're absolutely right. Um, and and yeah. I mean, that's true for any movie. You know, they as uh, you get older the movies that were the classics of your generation become less and less common and less and less people have seen
0: them. That's true. So I made assumptions that, you know, if you're living under a rock, if you haven't seen this movie, but maybe that's not the case. Um, I have the same experience that Matt does. Uh, I actually s- gravitated towards Indiana Jones before Star Wars. Even I hadn't seen a Star Wars uh, movie uh, before I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my movie series. Um, and it just, I like the whole plot, like the whole idea of this um, Spielberg taking this uh, serialized uh, notion, like of, of a serial. So what a serial is back in the old days, there it's were like these radio Krispies, and sorry. television. <laughs> uh Back in the old days, there were these radio serials or I think there were even TV serials, but they were just little bite sized adventures of various characters. And they would come on the radio or whatever at a particular time and you'd listen to them and uh, whatever. But Spielberg wanted to recreate that type of um, adventure storytelling for the modern age, which was the 80s at the time. And so he came up with Indiana Jones, him and George Lucas did. And I just love the the whole idea of this character who's, he's an archaeologist and he makes archaeology look freaking cool. Um, mm-hmm. When I was a kid and I watched this, I actually, when I got to the point where I was applying to colleges, I considered heavily uh, majoring in archaeology because of Indiana Jones. Even though the field of archaeology is nothing like what Indiana Jones was doing, um, they don't go out and get their whip and go into caves and kill Nazis. That's not what they do. Um, I think their their field is still cool, but uh, that's not what they do. And I actually was wondering, like, did the field of archaeology experience a spike? Whenever each Indiana Jones movie came out, Mm -hmm. I I would love to know if that's actually a a thing that happened. I suspect it probably did, but yeah, I guess
1: there's no real way to know unless you start looking for data and that would be tough data to dig up. Yep. Um, So yeah, I'll agree with you. Um, The plot is, uh, is great. Uh, I got to give it a lot of points for being unique. Uh, At this point, Mm -hmm. as far as I know, this is one of the first movies to take, like, I guess you'd call it historical drama, maybe, and turn it into an action thing. It's not really historical drama, but it's a drama that has to do with history and relics and old civilizations. Like you're saying, archaeology. Seeing that turned into such a cool action movie was just awesome. Right? Because you've got... First, you've got the action, you've got the lovable characters. And then on top of that, you've got all the mysterious secrets of ancient civilizations and, uh, you know, relics of the past rumored to hold great powers. So it's supernatural um, abilities and and gifts that could be bestowed upon its owners. You've got, Mm -hmm. you know, the put the staff in at the right time of day on the right day of the year and. The pathway will be revealed and secret passages and snakes and traps. And it's just great. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, on top of that, it would be real easy to just buy in completely to those gimmicks. But this movie doesn't do that. Well, we get some great characters in this movie. Uh, You've got Indiana Jones, of course. uh, But on top of that, I mean, you've got Karen Allen playing Marion. Wonderful, Mm -hmm. wonderful uh, character. Great to see. You've got Paul Freeman as Belloc, the the smarmy French archaeologist who seems to always be a step ahead of Indiana Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got uh, John Reese Davies playing the, the friendly Sala, who's one of our favorites, I think we've already established throughout the series. Uh, mm-hmm. Ronald Lacey playing the creepy German Nazi tot, ta- ta- I guess. Uh, There's just so many great characters, a great story involving a Nazi plot to take the artifact for power versus, you know, the Indiana Jones and the Americans wanting to get it for archaeological historical value, but also to prevent the Nazis from getting it as part of an archaeological expedition, but also as sort of a war effort kind of thing. And it's just,
0: man, wonderful plot. Yeah it's it's really one of the best adventure scripts that has ever been written Mm -hmm. and like you said it's full of that action adventure but it's also mysterious and it's got a dash of the supernatural and uh it's really unique in that way and you know this movie could have been extremely campy uh based on its source material or the script even Mm -hmm. but it didn't turn out that way um and i think that's due to Spielberg's direction, and then the acting and the production value and all that is—it's really good. There's romance in this movie, but it's not that kind of sappy mm-hmm. roll-your-eyes romance. Like Marion and Indy are—they already have a history, but they're at odds with each other at the beginning. And Marion is not a character that is just a regular female damsel in distress. She's strong and she can fight for what she uh, believes in and all that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, this Um, uh, I mean, the plot, it's got a little bit of everything in it, really. You know, you've got action, you've got drama, you've got comedy, you've got horror, you've got adventure. I mean, you name it, it's in here and Mm -hmm. it's really hard to put that many elements into one plot and still tell a coherent and entertaining story. And man, does this do it in freaking space. Right. And it does it. in how long is this movie? Like,
0: where's it's it's like one. 115 minutes or something.
1: Yeah, it's one hour, and 55 minutes. They, all of that in one hour and 55 minutes. It,
0: I mean, this movie is an achievement in storytelling period. In my opinion. Yeah yeah it's it's perfect uh, there's nothing about it that i would change it's tight like you said it's it's an hour and 55 minutes nothing i would trim out of it
1: yeah nothing
0: i would take out nothing, nothing I would extra. Add necessary. Yeah, like yeah everything feels like it fits is there anything you would you would change about the plot
1: honestly no i i don't think so uh, i i think it's yeah. great i i i'm yeah. not uh But like, you know, Top Gun, I had some ideas, you know, but but with this, (laughs) uh, no way. Like, I I think this is about as good as you can do.
0: Yeah. And that's where, you know, you at the beginning you were talking about it would be hard to review, but it's only hard to review for me just because it's going to sound like we are just extremely biased with this movie. But it really is a almost perfect movie, (laughs) like. It, it's a, as many people have said, it's lightning in a bottle. Like it, it, they tried to re- recreate it several times, um, sort of, but it never really worked. In my mm-hmm. opinion, you may have different opinions about that, but, um, so plot's perfect. Is the acting perfect? You know, I, I hesitate to say it's Perfect.
1: Um, just because how do you define perfect acting? You know, it's hard to say that something's perfect when it's essentially an art form. Uh, but it's great. All of the, all of the acting across the board is great. Um, you know, Harrison Ford gives us the, the classic character. This movie came out in 1981. Uh, They're still trying to get movies made today based off of that character that he, he brought to life, you know? Yeah. Um, he's pushing 80. Yeah. You've got Karen Allen um, playing a a really like one of the best strong female roles um, in around even today. You know, I, I love it when you see a strong female character that is badass, but she's just badass, right? There's none of this. Yeah you're a, I mean, you're just a girl, you're a woman. What are you going to do? And they're like, Oh yeah, watch this. And then she beats everyone's ass. Like nothing like that. Mm -hmm. She's just a a strong character. That's a woman. And I, I, man, when that's the way it should be done in my opinion, right? You don't play sexes against each other. You don't be like, huh, watch this. Or I'm no man. And I don't want to hate on that because a lot of people love that kind of thing. But to me, to really play a strong female character, this is exactly how you do it. And this was in 81. So this was a lot more novel in, in that time period, you know? There, yeah, okay. Here's here's a nitpick with the acting. Okay. Um, Tote, played by Ronald Lacey, is a kind of weasley wormy, German, creepy guy who always wears black. And his acting was a little... A little bit out there, right? But I mm. think it was intentional. I think he was supposed to be like that. Do you know what? Because mm-hmm. I mean? he's he's like this creepy German who's into the occult, and so you would you would expect him to be weird. Uh, and I, I say yeah. creepy German, I, I mean creepy German Nazi, right? Like I'm not saying Germans are creepy, so please don't. <laughs> if you're listening to me in German, I, I love you guys. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. It's this one guy. He's like this cult obsessed Nazi is german yeah. um so you know even though his acting was a little off-putting i think it was supposed to be yeah i don't know it's hard it's hard to punch holes in it
0: oh yeah certainly i i can't i can't i won't be able to i'm not going to um harrison ford like you said he he made indiana jones like if it had been anyone else and truly, like we've we've done this before where we we're like, well, if it was someone else, it would be completely different. Truly, in this instance, I can't think of anyone other than Harrison Ford that could have done this. Oh, I, I, I know one. OK. Shia LaBeouf. God. <laughs> oh, geez. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, Tom Selleck did, did audition mm-hmm. for the role, and they were going to go with him, but he got the Magnum PI job. He could have pulled it off. I don't know He's if it had been the, as good. But. He has that same kind of way about him that Harrison Ford does. And I really feel bad. Well, Tom Selleck made his choices, but I really, for me, I feel bad for him because he never made it as big as Harrison Ford did. He kind of gravitated more towards television. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford was in the movies, whatever. But I really like Tom Selleck. Yeah. Um, but Harrison Ford has the smile. He has that swagger. He has the action chops. He's handsome. He has an he arrogance whips.
1: with him that he carries. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like the there's the scene where at the beginning where he's the whip is gone and he's having to s- jump across this cavern thing. And he grabs onto like a weed and he's like, I've got it. I've got it. And then the weed pulls out of the ground and he goes, you know, he makes it, that face, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just a perfect moment. Like uh, adds a little comedy to this tense moment. And, and it was perfect. Uh, but the, the other thing about Harrison Ford and his character is that Indy is just a regular dude. Like he's an archeologist that works at a college. And all his passion is collecting rare relics. But, you know, he puts on the whip and he's Indiana Jones. And some sometimes he acts like he knows what he's doing. But a lot of times he's just winging it Mm -hmm. like and that's that's great. And that's why I like characters like that. Uh, John McClane from uh, Die Hard. That's another example. Just a regular dude in a situation that he doesn't completely control And he's just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with you about Karen Allen. She's a strong female lead. The introduction to her where she's in a drinking contest with a burly dude is awesome. Um, It immediately establishes her as no ordinary woman. She's strong. Um, I like her relationship with Indiana Jones. It takes time for that relationship to build. And she... She sort of ends up in that role where she's the girl that needs saving, but she's not completely helpless in that situation. Uh, She tries to get out of it on her own. And I like that about it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I like Paul Freeman. He's a great bad guy. He originally at first, he comes off a little one dimensional, like he's laughing maniacally at the golden idol because he stole it from Indiana Jones. Um, But you find out throughout the movie that he, he really only cares about the ark, and he will do anything to obtain it, which means allying with the Nazis, even though he doesn't really agree with maybe what the Nazis are doing. Um, and he clearly cares about Marion uh, and, but he's still insane. So he, ha- he has a little bit of depth to him and John Rhys Davies is great. Of course he adds, adds so much uh, happiness and positivity <laughs> mm-hmm to to the movie through his character i liked it a lot anything else in acting you wanted to mention oh ronald lacey i thought he was perfect as like this scary bad guy i really liked how he approached that character when i was younger he was the scariest thing in that movie really, really? yeah the only part that this is a nitpick but he, at the beginning of the movie, he's at in Nepal at uh, Marion's bar and he sees the medallion and he slowly brings his hand over and wraps his entire hand around the medallion and burns his hand. But any normal human would get close to that and feel the heat from it mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I probably need to grab something to, to carry this. But that would have uh, ruined the whole plot thread where... They have part of the medallion that they got from his palm. Right. But uh, that's that's kind of a nitpick. Anyway, go ahead. Did you have something. I don't.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough. It, there's not a lot like first of all, it's not a huge cast. You know, there is a lot of extras, really, but there's there's not that yeah. many people in this movie, really, um, at least in terms of main characters and speaking parts. And mm-hmm. the ones that they've got are all, I mean, great the the acting is on par with what you would expect from this movie, which is, you know, a little bit of everything thrown into a big adventure box and poured out with, uh, you know, it never always is a little bit serious, but never too serious. And always mm-hmm. a little bit of comedy right in, in the wings to keep you from being too terrified. But then, oh, no, we're going to have some face melts now. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's hard to. It's hard to say anybody didn't do well when I I really feel like they did, especially in the context of what this movie is.
0: Yeah, it it could have been, like I said, it could have been campy as all get out, but they either the direction or the script called for a little more seriousness in, in the role. And so. It, w- it never got to the point where it was like, right. And I mean, it is
1: a little campy, right? If we're being honest, but not, not so much so that it's like over the top. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, the little Indy slides past the door and then you see him snatch his hat at the last minute or the, the, the classic Indiana Jones punches where every punch is like, psh, psh,
2: psh, psh, yes. you
1: know, Th- that type of thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely camp here, but it's it's tasteful camp. It's
0: not cheesy camp, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's caviar camp and not Velveeta camp. Like I'm going to take
1: my whip and, <laughs> and that's a perfect grip that I can swing on. And then I'm just going to go and it comes loose perfectly in my hand, you know, that type of thing. But yeah. it's, you know, it, it it works. It works great. Yeah.
0: Uh, All right. So I decided to lump in all of the uh, art direction, cinematography, and visual effects into one category because it seemed like we always melded into the other anyway. Mm -hmm. So art direction, cinematography, and visual effects. What comments have you? Well, the first thing that I
1: uh, find myself having to mention is got to be the set design. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the best sets I've ever seen. Um, and I'm going to jump movies here and go for the whole Indiana Jones series. But series wide, I mean, the sets are just breathtaking. But um, sticking to Raiders, even there, it's amazing. You know, you've got the, the archaeological dig, which is amazing. You've got the, the pits that they find themselves in, the model of the city uh, with the cane. You've got the markets that they're in. There's the bar in Tibet. There's the college and the classroom. Um, every set is just chef's kiss. Why? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're, they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's definitely my first and strongest impression as far as this category goes. It's just these sets are so great.
0: Yeah, and it's <clears throat> everything feels varied and nothing felt samey mm-hmm. uh, between each area. And it's it helps that this is a world-spanning adventure. And they make sure to denote that by using that map, that classic map with the Indiana Jones theme playing over it and the red line that shows where they are and where they're going. Um, And so we start in Peru, then we go to the United States, then we're in Nepal, then we're in Cairo. And each area looks different, feels different. They really put in the time and the work to make everything Feel authentic. One moment that really stuck out to me as far as uh, visual uh, appearance or maybe visual effects was uh, when they're trying to unearth the location of the ark Mm -hmm. and it's the storm starts forming overhead. Oh, yeah. It was almost like God was saying, You shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like they, they lift up that large. Concrete, the air starts coming out of it and the thunder claps, and the, the workers are all getting scared. And that was just a, a great moment. Uh, and visual effects and, and set design and everything. Indiana Jones costume is one of the most iconic costumes ever made. Um, uh, the fedora, the leather jacket, the khaki pants, the whip, um, it could have been really silly, but Harrison Ford pulls it off. No, um, I
1: was uh, I was actually going to go this direction next because, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. I mean, the costumes are incredible. Yeah, uh, they're unique. They're iconic. They're not exaggerated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're they're practical and they're just awesome. And like you're saying, we're 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 traversing the world through this movie. And so you. You have a lot of work for your costume department. I guess you can say right from Nepal mm-hmm. to Egypt to America, we're all over the place. You've got Nazis in there, um, just
0: awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So well done. Yeah, very good. There's some. There are some visual effects that haven't aged well. Um, I can I can nitpick a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene where. Uh, the one of the Nazi vehicles runs off of a cliff. Um, that's not you can tell that's fake. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't enough to bring the movie down, but it's definitely aged over the years. Right. Um, the scene where all of the Nazis get decimated by the contents of the ark. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really cool still. It looks really cool. It's almost like something out of Ghostbusters with all the chain lightning or whatever is happening there. Um, But you can sort of see the seams in that movie or in that scene. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than those two scenes, I can't think of um, anything else that really I would. There's um, the, the scene with the
1: snakes. When they're Uh going into the pit, those snakes are pretty obvious fake snakes (laughs) Um, that you occasionally will cut to footage of real snakes and then you'll go back to the room. And you can always tell because if you look at them, a lot of the snakes won't be moving at all. And then when they do move like eight snakes move at the exact same time in the exact same way. It's making mm. me think hmm i think maybe they had a wire attached to those snakes and pulled it just now <laughs> um mm-hmm. but it, you know you, you kind of have to look for it to see it uh yeah. the other visual effect like you were saying is when when it got dark all of a sudden and that storm blew up you can really tell that he's standing in front of a screen there oh yeah oh yeah uh it, it's pretty obvious but like you're saying this was 1981 um you get a pass you know, the older we go or the farther we go back into the past, the more of a past these movies get in terms of practical effects and, you know, special effects. Just because you got to work with what's available at the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And those those sequences that you mentioned, like the the scene with the thunderstorm, mm-hmm. I was so into the movie at that point that I didn't even know. I mean, I noticed it, but it wasn't enough for me to be like, hmm. That's bad. Yeah. Um, and then the snakes. Once again, I was Harrison Ford had me like I was there. I wasn't looking at the snakes. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: but the the chase sequence where the car drives off the cliff, that's all you see for a moment. Mm-hmm. Like they make sure to show that. And it's clearly fake. And right. um, it just there's nothing else to look at in that moment.
1: I was going to say, of course, we can't uh, we can't really talk about visual effects in Raiders of the Lost Ark without bringing up the face melting. Ah, uh, yes the uh, the scene that's traumatized <laughs> many a young boy and girl. Uh, yeah, that was. That's really actually me, pretty tame it nowadays. Can.
2: Yeah,
1: but it's really cool though. I mean, it looks cool even now. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a little tamer than I remember it. From when I was a young lad, but uh, it's still, I mean, it still—I mean, it holds up pretty good. It's another another toast to practical effects, right? Oh, for sure. And now the exploding priest was uh, maybe not so great.
0: Yeah, but yeah, they were they. Were, yeah, they were trying to give you the the full effect of what the contents of the ark would would give you. I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um speaking of that, um, we don't really have a category for it. So I'll just talk about it here. But the whole mysticism around the Ark of the Covenant and God's wrath and all that stuff is so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, you know, some people out there may not be of the Christian faith, but um, I am. And the Ark to this day has never been found. And there's stories about where it ended up. In the Bible, it's referenced in the Bible many times. Um, no one knows really what it does. Uh, it's supposed to contain the Ten Commandments uh-huh. and maybe some other stuff like rods and things like that. Um, and the armies would bring it into battle as kind of a, uh, a way to defeat their enemies. This was all. A lot of it was Old Testament stuff, but anyway, I just love the whole mysticism and un, unknown factor about the Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's it's particularly interesting, I think, that they
1: chose that subject matter for an American audience in the eighties. You know, right? Yeah, um, you're you're making a film that uses the the dominant religion. Um, you know, in the eighties, America was really. Pretty dominantly Christian, I guess they still are for the most part, but it, it's not like it used to be. And uh, to to put an artifact like that into your movie, I imagine felt like a little bit of a gamble back then. Uh, that paid off though yeah. in spades because of exactly what you're saying they they, uh, they treated it you know with the respect, and it was uh, it wound up becoming this source of intrigue I think for a lot of people mm-hmm. who saw this movie just like you're saying.
0: Certainly. Yeah. And obviously they took we we again, we have no idea what the arc is or what it's capable of. And so Spielberg took liberties there and and decided what it would do if you opened it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> um which is to me is interesting like it's it's cool like to reveal what you think would be in the, in the ark. Um mm-hmm. Um but yeah that's part of the appeal of the movie in my opinion is and and the entire series like the first movie is about the ark the second movie is about the shankara stones the third movie is about uh the, grail. the holy grail um and then the fourth movie is aliens <laughs> um, <laughs> aliens um, and the- but they all have this uh sort of religious background um, even the aliens one, there was this religious ancient civilization that worshiped the aliens or something,
1: um, and escaped from nuclear bombs and
0: refrigerators. Yeah. All, all that cool stuff. <laughs> Anything else in art direction, cinematography, visual effects? Well, to, uh, to mention
1: while we're in here, uh, this movie, uh, really cleaned up at the Academy Awards. And mm. while we're mentioning these categories, I, I can go ahead and say that this won the Oscar for Best Art Direction and Set Direction. Uh, it won the Oscar for Best Film Editing. It won the Oscar for Best Sound. It mm. won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects. It was nominated for uh, Cinematography. And there, yeah. there's others. I'm not reading them all, but I mean that that's just a few. And we're talking Academy mm-hmm. Awards here right now,
0: um, so it cleaned up and deservedly so. I mean, it's such there's such good visual effects in here, such good set design, cinematography. Yeah, it's it's all good.
1: And it, you know, it gives us a good reference too, because as we've mentioned, some of these effects today look a bit dated. But these dated effects won Academy Awards the year that it was made. So, I mean, while maybe today they do look dated in 1981, you're talking about cutting edge stuff that were was on screen here.
0: Uh, action. This is an action movie. Mm-hmm. Pretty good action.
1: There is action uh, in
0: this film. Yeah. Uh, you already dropped this uh, little tidbit, but. They created the perfect sound effect for punching somebody. <laughs> if, if every movie that involved punching used the Indiana Jones punching sound effect, I would be a happy man. Hey, John. Yeah. Come here. Wait. <laughs> you love making work for me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. The, the uh, people needed to hear the sound effect. Yeah, they do. But also not just the sound effect for punching, the sound effect for gunfire. Oh, my gosh. Shoots a pistol.
1: That sound effect is perfect. It sounds like a cannon going off. It's a little
0: exaggerated. It's great. (laughs) It's so crunchy. It's so crunchy. It's so full. It's such a full sound effect. It's like
1: he's shooting off a cannon in his hand. Just, <laughs> and
2: I'm
1: like, good grief! What is that revolver? Uh, that's great. <laughs> the whip, just oh yeah, <laughs> that whip. So many classic mm-hmm. sound of like just takes from these films.
0: Yeah, and I think this is. There's some of the best action in any movie. Like the the way that they build the sequences, like the rotating plane sequence. Oh, that's a great scene. Yeah. He's trying to get to Marion cause she's stuck in the, the seat, the pilot seat. The things are rotating. Keep, yeah. The, yeah. And he the, keeps getting stuck fighting dude after dude. And
1: then the big guy shows up and you've got the propeller spinning and Reuven's around slowly. You've got the gas on fire coming up. She's mm-hmm. freaking out in the plane. Oh, there's so much going on and it's so coherent. It's it's
0: just yeah. great. And once again, it's like he's just a regular dude. And so he sees this big guy. He gets down, he's like, he's exhausted, and he's like, Your shoes untied. And the guy looks down and he punches it or kicks him in the nuts and punches him in the face. And the guy's just like, Okay. And then the yeah. big guy punches Indy and then he buckles and he's down on the ground. It's a little unbelievable that Indy can take all this punishment and still get, be kicking but that's part of the campy mm-hmm. that we talked about the the highbrow campiness maybe um mm. where it's not cheesy campy it's just you you believe it like you believe it within the world i guess
1: mm-hmm. yeah um you know the action in this movie too it's not it's not stereotypical action you know you, you don't right. you don't have people with machine guns fighting and Martial artists and ninjas fighting with swords and ninja stars. It's not like that. It, Mm -hmm. you know, most of the action is just punching, right? It's just straight up like street fights. Uh, occasionally you've got the whip that comes out. Occasionally you get like the silly, uh, the classic scene where the guy comes out and does all the sword stuff and he just pulls out his revolver and shoots him. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it's very kind of a non-traditional action and it's something that before this movie I had never really seen before, you know, like it's a car chase. Yeah. Lots of car chases, but this car chase is, you know, through the middle of nowhere on dirt roads with, uh, you know, like jungle trees around and dust kicking <laughs> up and there's horses involved. And you know what, it's, mm-hmm. it's unique in that sense. And, you know, I, I don't want to say it's the first movie to do this because it almost certainly wasn't, but for me, it was the first movie I saw that did this, and mm-hmm. it, it really
0: captured my imagination because of it. Yeah, yeah, and that that truck chase sequence that you were just talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's he he's on a horse. He makes his way to the truck that has the ark. He gets in the truck that has the ark. He's driving it and then he's fighting off these Nazis by running them off the road. He gets thrown out of the truck, almost dies, but ends up crawling his way to the back of the truck and uses his whip while he's, he's dragging is being dragged behind the truck, gets back on the truck, gets to the side of the truck, knocks the guy out that's, um, driving the truck. Throws him in the front and he gets run over and then he runs Belloc off of the road and gets away. That's so it, great. Is, it is pulse pounding. It's interesting. You can't look away. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it, it's good. And, you know, the, the opening sequence, right? You could consider mm-hmm. that action. And the only action is oh, him yeah. running away from traps. There's a giant <laughs> boulder rolling after him in one of the most famous scenes in movie history. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's running th- through this trapped cave while a giant boulder is rolling down the cave, trying to squish him. Um, and, and, you know, there's, the, that's the action is it's just him escaping. You know, there's a door sliding. He's got to jump over pits and slide under closing stone doors and, It's just, it's great, man. It's unique and it's captivating. It grabs your imagination. It makes you, you know, imagine exploring these old temples and caves, dungeons.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And just, mm, I love it. That's why little John wanted to be an archaeologist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work. Probably for
0: the better. But
1: We probably wouldn't be doing this podcast today no we'd be doing the uh, cinema archaeology podcast
2: yeah the archaeology <laughs> man or
0: <laughs> we'd be talking about the uh the adventures we went on yeah you know, the idols that we found <laughs> we went down to i don't know indiana and
1: Indiana. <laughs> we found a arrowhead in a ditch <laughs>
0: that would be our kind of adventure and then a week later, we're like, oh, that arrowhead we found, it wasn't a real arrowhead. It was just oh, a rock. It was plastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, score. Pretty terrible score. Oh, geez. Come on. We've already,
1: <laughs> we all know better than that. I mean, yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm just going to come out and say it. And I hope I don't make you mad by saying it, but we're talking
0: about quite possibly the most iconic theme of all time here. It's John Williams best. I mean, it's my favorite of his for sure. And I'm pretty sure we will have just, we'll, we'll have already released a cinemini about film scores and where we talk about this very thing, but it get the Raiders March, which is the Indiana Jones theme is perfect. And what's great about it is they don't, it doesn't show up until a few minutes into the movie, mm-hmm. like we're introduced to Indiana Jones. That's another thing. We're introduced to Indiana Jones from the back. And we have we don't even see his face until a few minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, it's a great reveal. He turns around and he comes walking towards the camera and the shadows part and you see his face. That's a so great, a great moment. That's something that I kind of wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, and let's I wasn't it.
1: really sure when to do it. I, it didn't really feel right to sit and plot. I didn't know with art direction. Let's just yes, yeah, so let's just do it now, right? Okay. Because I feel like that intro, the the introductory sequence to Raiders of the Lost Ark and to the character of Indiana Jones for for popular audiences, is one of the greatest intros of all movie time. Yeah. Um. You I, know, like you're saying, we're introduced. We're, we're thrown right into it. There's not a lot of talking. You just see Indiana Jones and he's going through this cave kind of exploring. He's got uh, he's got two guys with him, I think, at the start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see him like Indiana is like, stop, wait, don't, you know, he he's like pokes a rock with a stick and darts shoot out and. Uh, you know, there's spiders all over and the little spider gag is real funny where the guy's like, oh, there's yeah. a spider. And he's got like two tarantulas on his back. And then he's like, turn around. And it's like for the 25 <laughs> or 30 on him. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and you get, you get this dungeon dive, right? I mean, just right from the start, don't even have the credits, nothing, just right into it. You get the boulder scene, you get the, the switching the golden statue for the sack of sand, um, he, he runs out and uh, there's a betrayal, and all of this happens just I mean, it's just immediately right. And mm-hmm. the way that the effect that that has is it just immerses you instantly in this film. You know, th- there's no introduction, there's no, you know, somebody's flying into the city to see Dr. Jones and say, Hey, because they could have they could have started with just the arc, arc, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yep. But they didn't. They they introduced this in such a perfect way that, uh, honest to goodness, I feel like that intro is one of the best character and genre, franchise, whatever you want to say, intros in film history.
0: Yeah. I have no argument there. I, I love it to death. I mean, it's it's a great. Like you said, most movies will start a lot more tame than that one than this one does. Um, and I don't know why, because you would think they would look at movies like this and the, the feelings that it makes the audience feel whenever that happens and just replicate the crap out of it, you know, Mm -hmm. try to try to make that magic happen again. Um, and some movies do it, of course, but not a lot, um, not a lot can pull it off.
1: The The effect that you get, because as you mentioned, the theme, which is what we were originally
0: going with here,
1: you don't really mm-hmm. get that until later on,
0: you know? Yeah, when he's running away from the, I forget the name of the native tribe. Right. Uh, but he's running away from them, and he's yelling at Jacques, who Start I'll the talk boat. about in a moment. <laughs> Start the boat. Start the boat, Jacques. <laughs> and Jacques fishing and he doesn't want to. He's, he's fishing, like, i <laughs> he's got a bite. He's got the biggest fish ever <laughs> on. So and he's. <laughs> start the boat ja. uh, and then when he when he swings from the, the branches to get next to the boat that's when we first hear the thing yeah. and he's swimming towards the boat and then it starts building And
1: like I think it connects you to the character you know and it's crazy because you find yourself you know this is Indiana Jones even if you've never yeah. seen a single movie before you know that you're watching you know who, who you're seeing here Mm-hmm. But they're, you're seeing him do amazing things, but without the theme music and without anything really like almost without like, I don't know, it's like just raw him, you know? Yeah. And you don't get that music until he gets away, which cranks up yeah. the tension, but it also makes you, I don't know, relate to him. It makes you feel like you know him better. Then if it just cranked right off, you know, with the music and everything, it's just, I don't know. It's so well done and interesting to me. And I wish I could articulate what I'm trying to say better, but.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know, but the, the thing, like they only play the Raiders March when Indy is doing something extreme and, and that's not always like he, like running from the boulder. Obviously they didn't, they didn't do that, but. When it's they only play the Raiders march when he's doing something. It's extreme. like a it's like a triumphant theme, yeah.
1: right? Like they when you hear that, you know Indy's gonna win.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Or he has he, won. He, yeah. He's about to triumph or he has to triumph. Yeah. And that's great. That's in your mind you hear that music, you're like you can kind of be like, oh, you know. And That's if, when, yeah, it goes from tension that, to cheering, right? Like, yeah, you get that dopamine hit. <laughs> yeah. like, yes, he did it. That's a good point. Um, but not only the Raiders' March, I mean, all of the music is expertly done. I mean, it fits perfectly in the movie. Yeah, um, I, w- I
1: would say the rest of the music is good, but mm. um, I, I don't want to put it on the same level as that theme. Cause to me, it's one of, if not the best themes
0: of all time, whereas the rest of the score is, is
1: pretty good. Right. Yeah.
0: And he, the, the, the music that plays whenever Indy is trying to figure out the location of the arc with the staff, that's very good too. Um, For sure. Uh, I just, like you said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on the same level.
1: I would say the the two most iconic songs without a doubt are the theme song for sure and then mm. there's that that secondary song that's kind of that mysterious music where yeah. it's like bum, 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 bum,
2: bum, bum. that
1: th- those are the two mm. iconic tracks. The other stuff yeah. is kind of it, it's good, but it's not necessarily super notable.
0: Yeah. And that's that's the theme that's playing when Indy is trying to figure out the staff loc- or the right arc location. Um, Miscellaneous. Okay. I have a single miscellaneous. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about everything I think I want to talk about. Right. It, it, this movie is unique. And I think that's a lot of where its power lies. It's just there's there's nothing
0: like it out there. Yeah. Yeah, for certain. Um, I want to talk about Jacques. Jacques. Uh, Jacques is the one character that gets literally twenty seconds of screen time, and then we never see him again. <laughs> he doesn't show up in the rest of the movie. We don't ever see him in Indy in Temple of Doom. We don't ever see him in Last Crusade. We don't ever see him in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Hmm. But if you go to downtown Disney in Orlando, Florida, there is a restaurant called Jock's Hangar Bay or something like that. And I've been to it and I have the I have a coaster from the, the restaurant. Why does he have an entire restaurant devoted to him when he's... <laughs> In like 20 to 30 seconds of one well,
1: Indiana well, Jones movie. I mean, the answer is obvious, right? It's after he flew Indy out of the uh, danger. He flew straight to Orlando and opened a restaurant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And I'm sure that's the probably the narrative around the, the restaurant. But
1: his, uh, his screen time was great, though. I mean, if you're only going to have yeah. a little bit of screen time, I mean at the beginning of indiana jones raiders of the lost ark with a gag where you really want to catch this fish and then you see indiana jones getting chased by you know hundreds of natives and you're like oh
0: oh yeah and his scene it does establish that indy hates snakes mm-hmm. like if we didn't have Jacques's snake we wouldn't know that he hates snakes which is a, a gag or a thing that they play off of throughout the rest of the series, right? Um, but yeah, that's all. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> it's funny that Jock barely had any screen time. What is what was his purpose other than being the guy that flew Indy off of that out of Peru, um, and then he ends up with a restaurant in Florida. So uh, one thing, this is something that's kind
1: of common in credits, but we mentioned this has a small cast in it, right? Mm-hmm. And just reading through some of the build, uh, I guess, casts or roles in this film is kind of, uh, mm-hmm. kind of fun, right? Because right after Jock, who was played by Fred Sorensen, uh, you've got Patrick Durkin, who was the guy who got out drunk by uh, Marion in the bar scene. Uh, He is billed as the Australian climber. Uh, You have Malcolm Weaver, who uh, played ratty Nepalese. (laughs) So he was one of the people in Nepal who looked ratty. And then you have uh, Sonny Caldinez, who played the mean Mongolian. (laughs)
0: Uh, That's funny. Good names, better than like Mongolian number three or something like that. Right. And then <sighs> there's some of that in here. Um, you've got
1: Matthew Skerfield who played the second Nazi, ah. but there's not a lot of it.
0: Okay, Matt Hurdle. Um, overall thoughts and your star rating for this movie.
1: <laughs> so, as I said in the beginning, um, th- this is a hard movie for me to... Not show bias to when I'm reviewing it, because it's such a part of, I guess, me and my journey with movies um, from the time I can remember, you know, walking. I've been watching this film, uh, which maybe not great because there's some pretty scary stuff in it. But <laughs> I'm going to say at least from the time I was four or five, I've been I've loved this movie. Um, and it, not only me, but my family loved it as well. You know, so I've got, I've got memories of this film, not just loving the film, but I've got family memories attached to this. Um, you know, sitting down, loving it. My dad, loving it. My mom, loving it. My sister, loving everybody liked this movie. Uh, it's fun. It's adventurous. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got romance, but the romance isn't just ridiculous and overblown. It's got Adventure in Spades it's got great action that's unique it's got horror elements it's got mysterious elements um the the historical stuff all of it. it it's just it's just really really good um and it's hard for me to look at this and try to poke holes in it when I'm so fond of it personally so uh, mm-hmm. everybody please take that into account um I don't want to say it's a perfect movie but it's a near perfect movie um, and I have to be careful here because as much as I love Raiders, I love the last crusade even more. So I can't give this a 10 because then I'd have to give the last crusade an 11, uh, <laughs> you can give it a 10. So with, also with Raiders, well, no, cause I think it's better. I'd have to give it a 10 and some, <laughs> but cause a that means heart. if I like a movie better than this, then this can't be a ten. Do you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> there's something I like more than this. So yeah. uh, I'm going to come in. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to start with a high eight, and I'm going to roll that up to a nine because <laughs> this is a, this is a nine in my heart. Okay. Nine out of ten. It, it's actually said. probably a ten, but like I said, the, there are other movies I like more than this. Even though I love this one, so I'm giving it a nine. Mm.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna be, I'm just gonna say it's a perfect movie. I mean, it's, I am biased, but I also really tried to watch this movie with a critical eye. Um, because I've never really done that before. Because typically when I watch the movie, I watch it for enjoyment's sake. And I enjoyed watching it this last time too, but I was trying to, for the podcast, try to figure out if this was as good as I thought it was. And mm-hmm. I honestly couldn't, uh, other than the little nitpicks I've said throughout the episode, I can't think of anything that really brings it down for me. Um, this The plot is a great plot. Like it's cohesive. It's tight. There's not a lot of fluff. It's just perfect. Harrison Ford is one of the best actors on the planet. I mean, oh. it's hard to debate. Oh. It's hard to debate that I would say. Okay. <laughs> um, and I like it because I, I will admit that I've been watching a lot of Harrison Ford interviews lately. Mm-hmm. Um, him on like Leno and Johnny Carson and all this stuff. And he's just, he doesn't like being an actor or mm-hmm. not he doesn't like being sorry. famous. Right. He doesn't like being famous. He doesn't, he, he always says it doesn't compute whenever someone asks him, well, what do you think about the fact that your face is on a lunchbox as Han Solo? And he's like, it doesn't compute. I don't understand. All he cares about is being an actor and being a good actor. And I really respect that about him. Um, he's just he doesn't like to make public appearances. He doesn't like to talk in public. He just wants to do his job. And then go out in the middle of nowhere and be with his family. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's great. Uh, So, yeah, he put in a great performance. Everybody put in a great performance. The action is some of the best I've ever seen. The visual effects are great. The cinematography is great. The music is some of the best I've ever heard. Um, So I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. And I'm not ashamed. Yeah, there's
1: no (laughs) surprise there.
0: And if you're one of those people that are listening and maybe you're younger than us and you haven't seen this movie,
1: go see this movie. Not only that, go see this movie and then tell us what you think about it because yeah. I'm I'm really curious to hear the opinion of somebody who didn't like grow up with this movie as a nostalgic piece in their life because I honestly think we're we're throwing some bias at this movie and, and I want to hear oh. an unbiased mm-hmm. review of this and it's just hard to find in our generation.
0: Yeah, unquestionable bias, but uh, still, I think it's a it's a great movie. I
1: mean, I, I, I'm i sure I speak for both of us when I say we, we both grew up, you know, pretending that we were Indiana Jones exploring caves oh, yeah. and, and swinging across pits. Like, that's what I mean when <laughs> I say it's ingrained into us, you know, like we've been mm-hmm. pretending to be Indiana Jones as long as we can walk.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted a, a bullwhip, too. Yeah, same. No, no. the parents one. shut that down. <laughs> and for good reason, because you can actually lose an eye. You'll whip your to, eye out, kid. You, you can actually hurt yourself seriously <laughs> using a real bullwhip. Um, all right. How about some Spice Awards. Spice awards. Uh, we have best actor, most underrated performance, favorite scene, and favorite quote. Best actor, Matt Hurdle.
1: Um. Well, I mean, there's no surprises here. I don't think. Well, uh, it, it's Harrison Ford.
2: Hebrews took the broken pieces and put them in the ark. And when they settled in Canaan, they put the ark in a place called the Temple of Solomon in Jerusalem, where it stayed for many years until all of a sudden, whoosh, is gone. Where? Nobody knows where or when however an Egyptian Pharaoh Shishan. yes invaded the city of Jerusalem around about 980 BC and he may have taken the art back to the city of Tanis and hidden it in a secret chamber called the Well of souls secret chamber however about a year after the Pharaoh had returned to Egypt the city of Tanis was consumed by the desert in a sandstorm which lasted a whole year wiped clean by the wrath of God.
1: Uh, obviously, we've come to the right man. Now, you seem to know uh, all about this, Tannis.
2: No, no, not really. Ravenwood is the real expert. Abner did the first serious work on Tannis, collected some of its relics. It was his obsession, really. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, is
1: Indiana Jones is the Harrison Ford show. Everybody else yeah. is a supporting actor, um, even the bad guys, right? Yeah. Uh, he owns the character. He creates the character in this series, Um, he's believable, he's funny, but he also keeps it lighthearted, but he also keeps it scary, but he also keeps it dangerous, but he also keeps it
0: cool. You know, like Mm -hmm. he does it all. Um, Mm -hmm. I gotta hand it to him, hands down. Uh, Surprise. Same for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I pretty much had my spiel about Harrison Ford just previously, but uh, (laughs) I, I, I just respect him as an actor. I think he does a great job in this movie. He creates one of the most iconic film characters ever. Um, even to this day, like they're, they're making this new movie with, uh, James Mangold directing it. I'm very apprehensive about it, but at the same time, I really want to see Harrison Ford put on the khakis and the mm-hmm. leather jacket and the hat again. Um, I'm afraid that he's going to look really old and out of place because he is almost 80 years old. Um, But at the same time, I will be at that movie theater watching that movie, hopefully on day one. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I really like him. Uh, I can't think of anybody else that would do as good of a job as he did in this. That's my pick. Uh, So unanimous decision. Harrison Ford is best actor. Most underrated performance.
1: So for this one, um, I had to go with Karen Allen, who played Marion. I learned to
2: hate you in the last 10 years. I never meant to hurt you. I was a child. I was in love. It was wrong and you knew it. You knew what you were doing. Now I do. This is my place. Get out! Mohan, Temigru, Bolianu. I did what I did. You don't have to be happy about it, but maybe we can help each other out now. I need one of the pieces your father collected. Bronze piece about this size with a hole in it off-center with a crystal. You know the one I mean? Yeah. I know it. Where's Abner? Where's Abner? Abner's
1: um. dead. She she took this role as uh, kind of a rough and tumble street smart, I guess you'd kind of say, but that's not really accurate. Uh, I guess maybe just wise, um, well-traveled, maybe cultured. I don't I don't know exactly what the term is, but she plays this lady who knows what's going on. Right. Like she can handle herself, even though she winds up getting kidnapped into wicker baskets and things like that. She's (laughs) she's clever. She's capable. Um, and, you know, to be able to to run a bar and, and drink um, the Australian climber under the table, uh, you've got to have some pretty <laughs> serious fortitude. Um, she was believable, a, a little um, exaggerated at times, but lovely, all the same. Uh, great performance. And um, the movie wouldn't be the same without her, I don't think.
0: Mm-hmm. No, you're that's 100 percent right. She, she really owns that character and she's a good uh, supporting character cool. to Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, he strolls in all confident and whatever, and she slaps him in, or punches him in the face. Right, uh, no, That's great, you know. <clears throat> kind of brings him down a notch or two. Uh, I had to go with John Rhys Davies, who played Sala.
2: In Egypt. My services are entirely inconsequential to them hired or shanghaied every digger in Cairo the excavation is enormous they hire only strong backs and they pay pennies for It's as if the Pharaohs had returned when did they find the map room three days ago they have not one brain among them except one he's very clever he's a French archaeologist what's his name oh, we call him Baloche. <laughs> Belloc, <laughs> Belloc. The Germans have a great advantage over us. They are near to discovering the well of souls.
0: Um, Sala is, like I said in the review, he he's an almost a pure optimist. Like he he has moments where he's afraid and not too sure about stuff, but uh, on the whole. He is, uh, on the whole, Preparation H feels good. Um, on the whole, he uh, is a great character. Very positive. Um, and he, he's, I don't think he's in Temple of Doom, but he's definitely in Last Crusade. And he's more of a comedic character in Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy his, I don't know, his approach to to Sala's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree um, with you.
1: Just that overwhelming acts, positivity, no matter what the situation is kind of thing. Yeah.
0: He gets a kiss from Marion Ravenwood and he starts singing at the top of his lungs. Um, it's just just good stuff. He saves Indy's life uh, by catching the date before he throws it in his mouth, the poisonous date. Um, he's there with Indy whenever they pull the Ark out of its hiding place. Uh, he's fairly he's fairly in, uh, integral to the plot. He's the, the uh, best digger in Egypt, right? <laughs> the best digger in Egypt, yep. Um, he helps Indian Marion escape on the boat with the captain, the pirate captain. So, yeah, great performance by John Rhys-Davies. Uh, most underrated performance. My pick was John Reese davies His Sala, Matt's pick was uh, Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood. Favorite scene? Uh,
1: this one actually was a toss-up for me. Uh, it was really hard for me to choose between the one that I chose and that plain action sequence. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I love that plain action sequence. I, I just love it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had to give it to the opening sequence that we talked about. Um, where we're thrown in, uh, there's no credits, nothing just exploring this old, I guess it's a temple or they don't really say a cave finding the golden statue, the spiders, the, the spike traps with the skeletons and all that, the boulder rolling down just, oh, like I said, I I think it's one of the greatest character slash franchise introductions of all time. Mm -hmm. I love it.
0: And they had, so uh is it uh disney or universal where they had the indiana jones that's a disney yeah yeah and they had the rolling boulder scene and all that didn't they Mm -hmm. good stuff and the plane sequence yep
1: the the plane sequence is in there the boulder rolling is in there um and there's a fight scene um in like a market that's in there also Yep. And if you find yourself at Disney World, uh, it's in Hollywood Studios, I think. It's still going on, and it's it's a great show. You should see it if you mm-hmm. haven't, and you're uh, able to be down there.
0: Uh, I went with the uh, chase sequence. Mm-hmm. That, I still think, it's one of the best choreographed action sequences ever made. Like, and I've already described it, so I won't go into too much detail, but it's just... Indy is in so many places throughout that sequence. Like he's on a horse, he's in a truck, he's in front of the truck, he's under the truck, he's behind the truck, he's on the side of the truck, he's back in the truck. And then he's gone, you know, Mm -hmm. and the whole time it's just, you can't, you can't kill the guy. Like (laughs) he figures out a way. um, And right before that, he's, he makes the mention, you know, I'm just making this up as I go. And he, he, it shows like he has no idea what he's doing. Uh,
1: well, it's just like with the uh, with the bazooka, right? When he tries to get uh, Marion back with the bazooka and they mm-hmm. call his bluff, right? He's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> yep, he tried. <laughs> it, it, he's human, right? He, he's yeah. a very human
0: hero. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out for him there. Um, but yeah, I love that chase sequence. It's really good. Mm hmm all right favorite scene matt's pick was the uh opening uh dungeon dells dungeon dells statue theft i don't know a <laughs> <The> tomb raid <laughs> tomb raid <There> we go. <laughs> i don't think it was a tomb but you know he was in uncharted territory oh <laughs> <laughs> uh and my favorite scene was the uh, chase sequence Nice. Last category, favorite quote. Uh, so I
1: want to start off by saying that um, I was mistaken when I read this category. I thought it was favorite indie quote. So I tried okay. to pull a quote that was uh, his directly. Uh, That's but probably a good. Good call. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, that said, I probably would have uh, chosen this one anyway. And it does feature um, our boy John Reese Davies anyway. So it kind of works out regardless.
2: Ah! Sorry, Indy. Indy, why does the floor move? Give me your torch. Snakes. Asps. Very dangerous. You go first.
1: Uh for me it's whenever they uh, they open up the tomb, they see uh, the statue of Anubis, and you know, you see uh Salah be like, Oh sorry, Indy, you know. <laughs> and uh he goes, why does the floor move? And Indiana's like, give me your torch. And then you get the classic line that said all over the place, even today, snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? And then, of course, uh, Sala comes back and he's like, asps, very <laughs> dangerous. You go
0: first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. it it's yeah. it it sums up a lot of that movie right there in that little piece of conversation, right? There's, there's the mystery, there's the danger, and there's the comedy all Mm -hmm. in one little, like four sentence conversation. You know, it's, ah,
0: it's great. It's a great pick. Lovely, lovely quote. So good. Oh, I want to watch the movie again. Um, (laughs) So I went with, Um, I already talked about it, actually. But right before the chase sequence, they are scouting um, what the Nazis are doing.
2: Get back to Cairo, get us some transport to England. Boat, plane, anything. Meet me at Omar's. Be ready for me. I'm going after that truck. Oh, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go.
0: And Indiana talks to Marion and Sala and he says, uh, meet me at Omar's. Be ready for me. I'm going after that truck. And Sala says, how? And Indiana says, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. And then he (laughs) takes off.
1: (laughs) You know, that? oh, it's so good. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it's again, it, it puts that human. I guess it shows you that Indiana Jones is human right he doesn't know what he's doing he's just improvising
0: yeah he's an archaeologist he's he's a collector of fine relics uh but usually whenever he's trying to find these relics there are other more bad people trying to find them as well and Mm -hmm. so he has to do what he has to do um it belongs in a museum.
1: And and you know, that, that quote, it reminds me of another scene that we haven't mentioned that I love in this movie. And that's when he gets on the submarine. And he winds mm. up like knocking out the the German guy and he, he gets the clothes, the uniform, and he's oh, yeah. all like shattered, shabby and it's not buttoned up. And the guy's like dressing him down and he's like, well oh. he's like putting himself <laughs> together and then he's just like, eh, ah, punches sponges the guy out. And then in the next yes. scene, you see him shuffling in the back and he looks like his jacket's a different color from everybody else's. And everyone's just like, ah, that's the new guy, I guess. It's, it's, yeah. it's great. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And before he does that. uh, Oh, yeah. The, the, the first suit he finds, it's too small. Yeah. And so he can't even button yeah, it up. It's just like
1: hanging over him. His chest is bare. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's really good. Uh, my favorite quote was uh, when Indy says, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. And Matt's favorite quote was when Indiana and Sala are talking about the opening to the arc. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes?
1: <laughs>
0: Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey, John. Did you know... Uh, when Brody first goes to Indy's house to discuss the mission, Jones is dressed the way he is because he is entertaining a young woman in, in his bedroom. The script originally planned to show her before moving to the next scene to give Indy a more worldly persona, like James Bond. However, her appearance was cut as Steven Spielberg thought that being a playboy did not fit Indy's character. Um,
1: so we we mentioned the uh, the Indy punch, so the right. There is another punch sound, and that is when uh, people get hit in the stomach, you get a different sound. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That sound was made by uh, making a big pile of leather jackets
0: and whacking it with a baseball bat. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) Now I'm not going to be able to think about anything else. (laughs) Um, Indiana's line to Marion when they were on the ship. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage was ad libbed by Harrison Ford Hmm. improvised
1: Um, in the airplane scene. uh, That airplane actually wound up in an accident running over Harrison Ford's knee, like full tire over the knee. Uh, As a result of that, he wound up tearing a ligament in his leg. Uh, However, it turns out that he was really fortunate because it was really hot where they were filming, which I think was in Tunisia. And uh, since it was so hot, the tire on the airplane uh, had like it was softer than it would normally be because of the heat had made the rubber a softer texture and consistency. I don't know. Um, And so when it rolled over, all it did was kind of pull his leg and cause that ligament to tear. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it would have almost certainly completely crushed his knee.
0: That could have ended his uh, Indiana Jones career right there.
1: Mm-hmm. It said that uh, he he wasn't a big fan of 1981 Tunisian medical care, uh, so he <laughs> neglected to go have it looked at. And all he did was wrap
0: his uh, knee in ice and keep filming. That's a real man. Um while filming the snake scene inside the Well of the Souls, a python bit first assistant director David Tomlin's hand and wouldn't let go. Tomblin cal- calmly asked someone to grab the python by the tail and whip it so that the snap would send a wave up the snake's body and force it to let go. A stagehand did just that. The python released its bite from Tomlin's hand and he got med- medical attention. Wow. And and the Python was not injured, surprisingly. I've never heard of that technique, but I don't know much about <laughs> snake wrangling, to
1: be fair. Just whip it. Whip it good. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So uh while they were filming in Tunisia, uh nearly almost everyone, like like seriously, like all of the crew, all of the cast wound up getting sick from eating the local food. Uh one person was spared. Do you know who that one person was?
0: Uh, Harrison Ford.
1: It was director Steven Spielberg, <sighs> and he said that he was uh, he was able to not get sick because he only ate food that he brought with him to Tunisia, and Smart. he only brought one thing: cans of
0: Spaghettios. Ugh. Right. <laughs> no, I'd. <laughs> Well, I can't say I'd rather be sick. But Steven Spielberg,
1: one of the most famous directors of all time, on the set of his movie. And he'll only eat cans of SpaghettiOs.
0: Indiana's Kangaroo Hide bullwhip was sold in December of 1999 at a Christie's auction house in London for $43,000. His jacket and hat are on display at the Smithsonian. That's how iconic that.
1: Outfit is. All right. Here's one for you, John. Mm. The well of souls sequence uh, where they, I think that's when they, uh, yeah, when they're going down into the, the well of souls, so to speak. Yeah. with the snakes. Mm. Uh, it was filmed on the exact same sound soundstage that was used one year earlier for the overlook hotel in the movie, the
0: shining. Ooh, different, cool.
1: different sets, obviously, but the same <laughs> yeah, soundstage.
0: No stage. That's cool. This is kind of funny. Uh, during the Well of Souls scene, snake handler Steven Edge served as this double for Marion's legs. According to Edge, Karen Allen's stunt double refused to stand in amongst the snakes. Spielberg offered him the chance by asking if he was willing to shave his legs and put on a dress. For the scene in which Indy is face to face with a hooded cobra, Edge says snake handlers induced the Cobra to hood with a toy rabbit held just out of frame. Hmm. Edge noticed that noted that unlike Indiana, Harrison Ford is not afraid of snakes.
2: Hmm.
0: Probably, you can probably for the best there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: um, in order to keep the rating um, not being an R, the, uh, the producers in this movie tried to make sure that when people were shot, the blood that came out was limited. That's, so there wasn't a whole bunch of blood, right? In order to do that, instead of using the traditional liquid fake blood in the squibs that were located, which if you don't know, squibs are tiny little explosives that fit under your clothes. And when you're shot, they're detonated. Uh, they don't hurt you. They blow outward and they make a great gunshot effect um they're typically filled with blood so the blood splatters when you're shot but in this case they filled them with the red powder Now there's a, there was a caveat to this red powder because what they used for the red dust was cayenne pepper mm. and so you can imagine uh if you're standing next to somebody and all of a sudden a small explosion shoots cayenne pepper out of their uh, clothes and towards you, Uh, There were a lot of red stinging eyes and sneezing and (laughs) coughing and hurt
0: uh, sinus passages from the crew and the (laughs) cast. Uh, Steven Spielberg was quoted as saying, I made it as a B movie. I didn't see the film as anything more than a better made version of the Republic serials. So uh, Indiana Jones classic hat.
1: When it was created for him uh they they specifically shaped the brim the brim so that it would cover his eyes for sun protection and things like that. Uh, however, there was another purpose for shaping the brim that way mm. that was to hide faces when they were using stunt doubles
0: uh on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a ninety five percent by critics and a ninety six percent by the audience. The consensus being Featuring Bravura. Bravura? bravura? Is that you say that? Bravura? I don't know. Featuring Bravura. <laughs> I can't say that. Featuring uh, really cool set pieces, sly humor, and white knuckle action. Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the most consummately entertaining adventure pictures of all time.
1: Uh, there were over 30 bull, wh- bull whips that were used as uh, Indiana Jones's iconic bullwhip over the course of this film. Uh, They ranged in length from uh, 16 feet long to six feet long. Well, one more I want to mention about about your favorite scene, the the truck chase scene uh, that Mm -hmm. lasted for about six minutes during the film. Uh, But it took about five weeks to film it. (laughs) Five (laughs) weeks of time for six minutes of film. But- Mm -hmm. It did win a Spice Award <laughs> for John Murphy's favorite
0: scene. Good job, guys. Five weeks. It paid off. We should uh, send them all letters. You have just won a Spice Award from <laughs> Congratulations. the Podcast. We'll send them a, <laughs> uh, a a small little case of cayenne pepper. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like 40 years, but you finally did it. So, yeah, this uh, this movie, guys, I mean,
1: it's not just one of our favorite movies. This is a movie that's well loved all over the world by, you know, probably millions of people. Um, It's a classic of film history. And as a result, um, I mean, there's just there's no end to the amount of behind the scenes facts and information you can learn about this movie. So um, Mm -hmm. we're just giving you a tidbit here. Um, As is probably well known, we tend to pull most of these from the IMDb page for the movie, although we do some research outside of that. Uh, Most of them do come from that. Uh, Just to let you know, we're only about a quarter of the way through, and we're not reading every one of them. So, I mean, there's just there's so much you can learn about this movie if you're interested in it.
0: All right. That will be our episode for tonight. Join us in two weeks when we will review an equally important movie, the 1987 comedy Ernest Goes to Camp, directed by John R. Cherry III. That one should be fun. How can it not
1: be with Ernest? (laughs) Ernest P. Worrell.
0: Uh We would love it if you'd subscribe to the Cinema Men podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can head over to cinemamenpodcast.com to check out new and old episodes. We love to hear from listeners, so if you have a suggestion or just want to give us your take on a movie, email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. Thanks for listening.